Hey guys, welcome to the Higher Points, and today we're coming at you with a uh, little bit of a change-up episode. We're going to do some uh, some questions, some questions you guys sent to us on Instagram and social medias, and uh, we're just going to do the best to answer some of these. Some of these we may answer, some of these we may not. It just depends on time, so I'm going to have uh, um, Nick start off with this one, and I'm going to ask him, <laughs> Nick, why are you the way you are? <laughs> uh... You know, I, I guess if I'm going to answer that honestly, it's a culmination of experiences, a lot of them poor, um, that just basically makes who I am. I mean, I know a lot of people look back on things they've done in the past and they beat themselves up over them, but I guess I have a little bit of a different perspective in the fact that I have made mistakes, but I am where I am and I'm successful, you know, I mean, as I, I am, and what I would deem successful, uh, other people may see it differently. But, you know, I hang out with my kids. I, you know, I'm a, a good father, etc. And so, um, just a culmination of all those experiences, I think, that, that just makes it to where I am. And so that's why I am the way I am. Like I said, a lot of, uh, poor decisions. A lot of, uh, a lot of tuition payments. I understand that completely. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the next one is, uh, what did you guys, or uh, I guess this? Well, let me ask one. So, how about this? What what goals do you guys have for this year? Because the officer discretion one's probably going to be one. I, I guess I answer. I can answer about it too. <laughs> but anyway, what what goals do you have for this year? Um, I got a lot of goals. So, personal goals. You know, I've obviously got some financial goals. I'm not really going to share those, but like personal stuff. You know, like I want to go to nationals for strongman which I qualified for and go and not zero any events. I know that doesn't sound like much, but when one of those are heavy deadlifts is 700 pounds, it's a lot. Yeah. Those are heavy weights at nationals. So, and being under 220 pounds, there's not a lot of people that could do that. Yeah. So that's one goal. Um, another thing is to, uh, open and run this successful construction business that fires up first of March, you know, um, find success in that and um, keep it up and going and just shoot for the stars with it. I'm excited for that opportunity. So, Cool. Anything else? Uh, mine, mine is I'd like to get down to the next weight class for Strongman, uh, which I'm slowly trending that way. Uh, it's been kind of a healthier weight loss. I did put a little bit back on because I kind of got off the off the wagon with food and pop and stuff like that, but uh, getting back on that wagon, drinking more pop, or excuse me, drinking more water and things like that, just to kind of get back down to that next that next weight class. And and I don't want to be like that whole like lose a hundred pounds in a year thing. Like if I could just keep uh, just a slow, steady two to three pounds a week kind of thing, uh, that's what I'm really looking for. Uh, I I want to set myself up for a long term success. I don't just want to like reach the goal and then once I'm there, it's like oh I got it and then balloon back up to where I was. I want to make slow, small changes. Like we were discussing with Dallas of, you know, where we, we make those small changes and then we kind of stick with them and then we build on them. Kind of like what you were talking about with like building, like making breakfast and then maybe after breakfast, I'll meal prep and stuff like that. Not to overwhelm yourself all at once. And want to keep that slow, steady uh, pace, but getting down to 280, um, which right now I'm at about 330. So getting down to 280 is, a big goal, but not unattainable, mm-hmm. um, I think. But it would be kind of cool. Um, you know, I definitely have some financial goals as well. Uh, definitely to be in less debt than I am. 
Um, with the way inflation and things have been, I have been putting more things on credit. And that's kind of what I feel has backed me into a corner. Um, I mean, I'm not so like I'm like bankrupt or anything, but I just don't like that feeling of it kind of looming over me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to get some of that stuff taken care of when it comes to finances. Um, just basically being a more present father, um, you know, just for my kids. Uh, that's also something that I, I, I strive for constantly. We have a lot of trainings coming up with my job that I'm working on, different sexual assault trainings, mental health trainings, how to recognize them, like what the resources are, some force-on-force trainings where we like shoot at each other with like paint bullets, basically, stuff like that, and just kind of, you know, uh, accomplish all of those training goals. I send out a survey every year, and then we rank what everybody thinks is important on training. So I've got a, a roadmap, essentially a roadmap of what trainings we need to do. Mm-hmm. And then I've already started checking some of those trainings off, like check those boxes off. So, uh, I got quite a bit that I have planned for the year. Um, and, uh, you know, just also chilling and playing video games. Yep. <laughs> Cause I really enjoy that. Another one's just traveling. I want to travel. Oh uh, yeah. And from, well, my brother's getting married, going to Mexico in May. That's exciting. Um, you can, I guess, I'm more excited than my voice sounds. I'm excited <laughs> for that trip. Well, but you've also got a lot on your mind with yeah the new bu- new business and all that other kind of stuff. So yeah, and I don't know. I feel like when I'm here, I'm working for the most part. I don't really get time off when I'm here, and that travel really helps disconnect me a little bit. I feel like where you actually that, take time off, I can reset and just be ready to roll when I get back. You know, yeah. So uh, you move on to the officer discretion one. Mm-hmm. What do you think of officer discretion? I want to hear yours first, so you go first. I don't know. It's 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 hard for me because there's some situations where, like an officer, I mean, they can choose whether or not they want to write that ticket, right? Uh, there are only four statutes in the state of Kansas that require an arrest if probable cause exists, and that's DUI, DUI, fleeing attempt to elude, domestic battery, stalking. And I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Like, I could literally watch you murder someone in this room, and I am not required to arrest you. Which is wild. By law. Absolutely wild. No, I'm not saying I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying by law, mm-hmm. I'm not required. The way required. it's written. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, you were talking about tickets. Well, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's just strange to me that you can have that. You can almost use favoritism in there or something like that for people. Like you pull over your buddy and he's speeding and maybe he does have alcohol in his breath. I know like you're going to go through the checks, but like just the discretion saying, oh, no, don't worry about that. You know, just. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. And like, if we were to compare this to say like a priest, right? Like mm-hmm. he has the discretion legitimately of whether to talk about confession or not like he can choose to talk about somebody's confession i mean there's nobody putting a gun to his head i mean could he be excommunicated blah 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 yes but like i mean at the end of the day he has discretion on whether to do that and you know i think we just need honor and integrity back in our society at every level not Mm -hmm. just cops at every level of people just willing to step up and do the right thing and that's what i work towards and what i want to do as sheriff and what i want to do as um, a police officer and as a leader and as a father, it's just giving people honor and integrity and holding them to that standard. So as interesting that this question came up because last night I had a friend of mine 
that uh, her mother is struggling with some pretty bad mental health problems. And um, like she like not taking her meds right um, or taking too many of them or not none at all. Mm -hmm. And and just like really struggling very poorly mentally, not able to really take care of herself, that kind of stuff. So she ended up taking her mother's firearm from her. Well, the mother is now saying that she's going to call the police, that she'd stole it and all this other kind of stuff. And so she was talking to me. She's like, I'm, what do I do? You know, I'm kind of between a rock and a hard place here. And this is where officer discretion would be a really valuable thing is. So we have to establish criminal intent. Like you criminally intended to permanently deprive someone of their property. Yeah. Okay. Did she, does she have criminal intent there? I don't believe so. <laughs> okay. She has, she's doing it for the safety of herself for the safety of her mother and for the safety of the community as well, because she's struggling mentally. And since the mom has the issues with the medication, as well as the mental health issues under federal law, she cannot lawfully possess that firearm. Like when you go to fill out a background check form, it says like, do you have mental health issues? Are you addicted to drugs? Blah, blah, blah. And you have to answer those questions, right? Yeah. Well, that's because if you have any of those problems or any of those issues, you are unable to have that. But, by all, for all intents and purposes, did she, does she intend to permanently deprive her of her property? Eh, maybe not, but there is a statute called criminal deprivation of property, which is, I never intended to permanently deprive you of it, but I took it for a little bit. Like, say, for instance, you let me borrow your truck, mm-hmm. and I'm like, eh, I'm not going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back tomorrow. But you're like, no, I need it for work right now. Bring it back. It's my truck. Well, I don't intend to permanently deprive you of it. I'm going to bring it back tomorrow. Well, there's such thing as criminal deprivation of property. So... With a fact pattern here, does she maybe meet criminal deprivation of property? Maybe. Maybe. Like, if you took the black and white of the law, maybe. Yeah. But when you take No the, two situations are the same. When you though. take the totality of the circumstances, which is what every law enforcement officer in every single case is judged on, it's case-by-case basis. Like, when you see a case go up to a court, they may apply old case law to that case, but they still take that case by its own values, its own facts, its own... It exists on an island by itself. Mm-hmm. So that's where officer discretion is. That's why you have different jurors every yes. time in the court. Yeah, that, that's why there are there there's officer discretion and where it could be very helpful in situations like that. But I also see your concerns too, because it 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 is especially in the Northeast, Maine, uh, New York, New Jersey, up in that Pennsylvania, up in that area, like professional courtesy for cops is crazy. Like you, you, you basically have to hit and kill someone DUI to go to jail because they'll just say, hey, get in the car, man. We'll take it. We'll take you home. Which is nuts to me. Because... Which is crazy because we don't do that around here, period. We are not trained that way in the academy. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like if, as a matter of fact, to give you an idea, my old sheriff that I had prior to working where I'm at, he says, if someone badges you, he goes, seize that badge and give it to me. And he says, their boss can come to me and explain to me. While they're badging my officer to try to get out of crimes. Badging, what does that mean? Meaning like, hey man, I'm a cop and I show my badge. Oh. Like I'm badging someone is what we call that. Basically it's the, hey, I'm a cop, don't do anything to me. Yeah. Um, which I have had happen once. Um, and it was a stepfather of a guy that I was doing standard field sobriety tests on. He was trying to get his son not to go to jail, which didn't work out well. But anyway, um, so, so w- we don't do that around here. Um, now I can't say when I say we, I use the term, the term royally we, I mean, I'm sure there are officers out there that do. I'm sure they do. And most, most of the cops around here know each other for the most, I mean, especially like in Rice County, like, you know, all the deputies. Yeah. Well, but here's, here's the problem though, is if, if I say, I say I stop you for DUI and you're drunk, but I take you home 
and that gets found out by the Kansas Commission on Peace Officer Standards and Training, who, by the way, is taking people's certifications away like it's going out of style. Which is crazy because we can't hire enough cops right now. Well, but no, no, no. I mean for doing bad things. Oh, okay. Bad things. I'm not saying that they're they're this like militant wing that's anti-cop. That's not what I'm mm-hmm. getting at. They are legitimately removing certifications, which they never really used to do. Yeah. Again, you almost had to kill somebody to get your certification gone anymore. That's not the case. So... If that gets found out by KC Post that you didn't enforce a law that you were required by law to enforce, they can pull your certification hmm. and you're never a cop again. So you're, you're playing, you're essentially, you're, you, you essentially have a choice. This person's life who chose to drink, who chose to drive or your life and your well being, which one do you want to choose? That's essentially the choice you're making. Yeah. So that's my, that's my take on officer discretion. So, uh, let's see, uh, the next one. Other than being soil to oil, what are some of the other factors that make High Point Farms unique? Hmm. I mean, that's that's a big one, the soil to oil part. There's not a lot of other people that do that in the state. Um, but another thing that we do, I feel that is different, um, is like our boots on the ground approach and going to these vendor booths and talking to customers and even giving away product to people that need it at these vendor booths. You know, like, I don't know how many times my mom's probably the best at it, giving product away to someone that looks like they're struggling, you know. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people like look at us like we're, man, you're crazy for doing that. But the thing is, is like, if we take that to them, give that to them and it works. And then they'll come back and buy it. But they're also going to tell their friends like, hey, this stuff worked and these people are awesome, you know. And I think we're starting to see that, that, uh, snowball effect a little bit of that, of people spreading the word finally. Um, it's getting there. Um, but just being relatable with customers and inviting people out to the farm and just being there consistently for your customer base is, is just huge. And I feel like that's one thing that a lot of bigger corporations lack. They don't have that customer like the owner customer interactions a lot. Yeah, I would agree with that. You're a company that actually cares about people. We try to. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I guess let's, let's lump these two together. The first one is what effects do hemp have? But then the next one was also what, why do you think Delta eight's legal and THC isn't in Kansas? And I'm assuming when they say THC, they're meaning Delta nine. Yeah. That, what if they're both THC? What effects did that's, that's a broad question. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess, you know, we've talked many times on here. The actual hemp plant hemp. has a lot of cannabinoids in it. Yeah, it, it does. It's got all the same as a marijuana plant. Yeah, but just in different levels. Yeah. And, I mean, they look exactly the same. Smell exactly the same. And you can same. get Delta 8 and Delta 9 THC out of both plants and feel high. I mean. <laughs> so, essentially the same as a marijuana plant. I mean, but if you if you put hemp in one bowl and smoked it and put marijuana in another bowl and smoked it, you're going to get two very different. Yeah. You're going to get the more relaxed feeling from your, from your hemp, your CBD bud Yeah, more than you will. I mean, if you go grab your hemp out of the ditch and smoke that, it's not going to be very good. It's going to be mostly seed and it's probably going to make you sick, but CBD and marijuana like THC flower, that's where you'll have the, the difference. So then it says, why do you think Delta eight is legal? And I'm assuming, but Del- the THC isn't, so I'm assuming Delta 9 THC isn't in Kansas. That's pretty easily answered. 
Yeah. I mean, it's really a gray area. The Delta 8 stuff is. It's below 0.3 THC. And there is... Delta 9 THC. Yeah. Yeah. But we have Delta 9 products that we sell in the store. And they're below 0.3 THC. And they're hemp-derived. And they're legal products, you know? Well, in Reno County. Not yeah. not in, what, Ellis County? Is that where they had that issue? Yeah. and they're But I think they're back-selling that stuff again. But okay. Cedric County's cracking down on stuff now. I got you. But I think they're cracking down on the actual bud. Uh, it's been sprayed with distillate and stuff. Got it. And they're finding the products like most vape cartridges that are Delta 8 are not compliant. Like you test that and it's not below 0.3 THC. So also uh, the hemp was made legal under the Farm Act, the mm-hmm. 2018 Farm Act. Yeah. So that's why a lot of those cannabinoids are now lawful at the federal level. Yeah. Even though the, there are some issues with it at the state level. Yeah. Basically. And basically Kansas needs to get their shit together. So the next one, best player you played at was well, you were at Sterling College. That's a pretty good one. Played with a lot of good players. Okay, um, you got to narrow it down to one. Hmm. Hmm. One of the fastest dudes that I played with was my freshman year, Antonio Bray. And the dude, I mean, just super shifty, never got tackled. Just fun to watch. Um, another one, well, Reggie. Langford, the quarterback that year, he was good too. And then the quarterback I had while I was there, Cedric, he was just an awesome athlete. But then uh played some good old linemen too. Um Lars, he was an all American. That's four. You you have narrowed it down to one. I know. I kinda wonder if Jansen didn't ask her ask this question. I don't remember. And he I wanted can, me I to say his name. <laughs> when I played with Jansen, he was a scrawny little dude, so Still is. Yeah. He's washed up. He's pretty scrawny. He's in bench 400 pounds anymore. Oh, really? Soft. (laughs) Uh, I hope he listens. (laughs) Because he's going to love that. Uh, Let's see. Best player. That was... Oh, wait. What? Uh, I don't know. I can't find it. But... um... So, you, you narrowed down four. You can at least get four. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can get four. All right. So what is the best way for you both to relax if possible? Hmm. I don't know. I got a few things. Well, traveling, you know, going to travel. Sometimes that's relaxing. If I like to travel and not have my every minute planned out, just go with flow and amen. see what happens, you know? Yeah, amen. When it's that way, it's fine. If I go and it's like, planned out and got to meet schedules the whole time it's like mm, that ain't near as enjoyable to me yeah so traveling um i do enjoy playing uh D with my friends you know getting in and uh being a nerd for a little while and just disconnecting from everything turning the phone off just being a little kid for a little while that's that's pretty pretty nice and then just going to sand hills and drinking a beer and or two or three and hanging out with friends and family and that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, I'd say for me, if I'm just going to be open and honest about everything, like sex, number one would be the first one. Uh, number two would be smoking a pipe and playing video games. Like that's pretty much like my zen place. You've heard me on here say many times, check all the boxes, and then at the end of the day, that's kind of how I reward myself. Also, travel and vacations because I put we put quite a bit of like thought, effort, and energy into those, and we travel vacations on cash. So like we build up cash and then like go and you know so it's 
I don't feel bad while we're on vacation because we're not building up debt. Like we're mm-hmm. paying cash for everything that we've saved, uh, especially the Rocky Mountain National Park. Like I don't know what it is about that place, but when I get there and I start walking trails and there's nothing around, no one around, I can't see anything. I have no cell phone service. Like that is like my, my sons and I, we went on like a five mile hike one day and uh, just up and down and all throughout everything. And it was just an amazing no self, time. No cell reception. So you don't have to worry yep. about that. Yeah. Yep. Um, I did download the GPS, like the Google maps offline and put it on my phone, like just in case. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was easy. It was just basically following a trail that was cut out. So I mean, it wasn't like we were blazing a trail or anything like that. So, um, you know, and, and yeah, so just that kind of stuff. I, I guess I'm kind of easy. Um, shooting. I like shooting. That's a good relaxation for me. I actually do do enjoy the the farm side of things too. Working on the farm, yeah, that's kind of a nice disconnect too. Sometimes when I, me, I was me and say, Dad are yelling depends. at each other. <laughs> it depends. It depends. Like getting out there and mowing and getting rid of weeds, that's not bad. But like when it's crunch time and we're trying to harvest a plant, that's when it gets a little intense. Uh, and then the last question that I'm sure will take up basically the majority of the time was from Janine. Um, and let me let me actually read that one. Uh, from the message that she sent. It was funny because she's, I just want to read the whole thing because it's funny. She says, I realize I'm showing my age, but I can't figure out how to find the ask us questions thingy. So I'm going to do it here. What are your thoughts on men showing emotion? Um, and she also offered, if you ever want to do a mental health focus Q and a to hit her up, that's kind of a cool idea. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think on uh, men and what are your thoughts on men showing emotion? I mean, I feel like from when we were little kids, it was like kind of like, don't cry, like toughen up, rub some dirt in it, you know, just to be the the tough one, which at a certain point a man does have to be. Agreed. And like a certain point, like when shit hits the fan and something happens in your family, like that man's got to be the one that like can make the decision without emotions. You know, um, and I, I'm not saying a woman can do that, but it's harder for a woman to separate herself emotionally from decision making. Maybe that's sexist. I don't know. Don't no. don't kill me. I people. mean, I think that that anybody that truly understands and wants to have this conversation could agree with that. I mean, I think the differences between men and women are what make us powerful, mm-hmm. and what make a father, a two parent father and mother household a potent thing in raising and rearing children to make yeah. our society better. So and well, I don't think it's sexist. One thing I was, I was listening to um, while I watched the uh, documentary on the um, Las Vegas shooting, like at the Jason Aldean concert. And what was his name? Uh, is it DJ silver or whatever? Um, he was there with his family and they were at the, um, Oh, they were backstage basically. And like his son was there with them. Well, when it came time for the concert, his son went back to the hotel with the nanny. Well, he's sitting in Jason Aldean's trailer and they're getting shot at. Like there's bullets raining down on this trailer and stuff around him and around the venue and everything. And he gets a phone call and the shooter's like four rooms down in the same hallway. And like, he had to like swallow that. He's like, there's no way I can tell my wife that right now. Like she's sitting right here next to me and I can't show any emotion on this. 
because she's going to freak out and turn into mama bear and she's going to be headed up there, you know? Um, but it was wild. Like he didn't tell her till like 10 hours after the fact, after it was all cleared that the shooter was on the same floor, a few rooms down. And that shooter had rented that whole floor out, I think, or at least all the rooms in that, that block. There were several. Yeah. And like, he just kept that a secret just because like trying to keep the chaos. I don't know. You know, you essentially, you're managing a shitty situation. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no Keeping good. the chaos at bay. There, there's, that's, I think that's some of the, the decisions that are tough for us as men. And this will tie into the emotions later on for me is sometimes we're, we're faced with impossible decisions because that was an impossible decision. Mm-hmm. Cause here's, here's how, here's how it could play out. Say that he, he died, right? Now she's going to be pissed off that he didn't say something and she could have done something. We could have done something. But then say he did say something, but everything was okay. All she's going to do is either A, charge up there and get hurt herself or B, um, sit there and worry herself literally to death for basically no reason. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are the no win situations that sometimes we as men just have to bear the, the, and shoulder the burden of. And women will have to make those decisions too. I mean, it's no, it's just men. I think men are, they can easily separate the emotions. Um, easier not saying that all men can do it but um it's but i also i also believe it's important for a man to be able to show emotion especially with their their loved ones you know like when you're sad you need to talk about that shit yeah (laughs) when you're depressed when you're happy like you need to feel those emotions and know what those emotions are and be able to have a conversation about them or not depending on situations. Yeah. You know, it used to be a lot of, like you were saying, essentially pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And there is 110% there is a time for that. Mm -hmm. Because like at the end of the day, it's like nobody's coming to save you. So now step up. And then we as men bear that burden. Um, It's rooted in scripture. I think it's just inculcated in our DNA of like when when shit hits the fan, it's on us to figure it out. At the end of the day, it's on us. And so... Um, but I think one thing that I've was interesting is I've really worked with Eli, like talking about the emotions thing has never really been kind of tough for me. And I don't know why, cause I don't ever remember sitting down with my parents saying, Oh, I feel this or whatever. But like with Eli, I'm like, well, how do you feel? Oh, you know? And then like, no, no, no. Like, like, what do you feel? Mad, sad, angry, happy, blah, you know? And like, we went through this whole, like he got a paper one time when he came back from the hospital and had like all these emotions. Mm-hmm. And he had to, every day he was there, he had to rate, like, what am I feeling? Am I feeling angry, like, one to five? Am I feeling sad, one to five? And, like, basically made him more cognizant of his emotions. So yeah. we kind of worked on that for a little bit after he got out. Um, he was kind of not really wanting to do it. He was kind of, I think he was wanting to forget that portion of his life. So we didn't hit it very hard. But it was an interesting thing to me of, like, okay, if this was important, I see this as important because he's identifying these emotions. And so we work on that now even of like, what emotion are you feeling? And he'll, he'll, he can now say angry or sad or Mm -hmm. happy or whatever that emotion is. So I'm not saying that we need to show up as men every day crying and, you know, having someone hold us and pat our back and all this other kind of stuff, but it's also very important because I don't, when, when my father did cry, it made me feel uncomfortable. I felt like, like I needed to go take a shower. Because I'd never seen something like that. I think Elijah probably has seen me cry more than anyone else in my family just because of the stuff that we've been through. So to him, I don't think it's that way. Um, I've never asked him. 
but I would say it's been done more regularly to the point and, and behind closed doors to where if it did happen otherwise that I don't think it would be as, cause to me it was almost taboo in a way when I f- would see my father cry. And, uh, you know, my mother was never really one that showed much emotion either. Like she was always very stoic and strong. And so I, I don't know where it came from for me when it came to that. But, um, I think the reason that we struggle is, is because that whole bootstraps mentality has carried on to where I think that's what men see as making them manly is my ability to be emotionless. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest though, like when you look into like finding a partner, like what, what woman is going to want to see a guy that is like an emotional mess all the time. Yeah. Right. Like find that attractive or find that as something like that's a weak man. That, that guy can't protect me. You know, he can't even get his own shit together. So, I mean, to some point, like, I don't know. It's just a fine balancing act. Yeah. And, and being open well, emotionally and, along to with everything those else ones we do. you're close to and not necessarily to absolutely everybody. Well, and it's, it's a fine balancing act in everything we do as men. Yeah. Um, you know, like for instance, you know, you're taking kind of a little bit of a leap of faith in starting this new company. I mean, I'm sure that all of this hasn't, you, you have, you have, haven't had no risk and no money in this. So, but you also are making informed decisions and making that balancing act essentially of mm-hmm. trying to make the best decisions with what you have, the information and, and capital that you have. Trying to mitigate as much risk as possible. Yeah. And so, uh, I think that's why men struggle with sharing emotion. You know, I, I was talking to, uh, a gentleman one time and I basically said like, Hey, how you doing with this? Yeah, good, good. But like I read body language for a living. And I looked and I was like, that was bullshit. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I said, how about this? I think that you're feeling this and threw the emotion out there. And you kind of saw him deflate. And he was like, yeah. I'm like, why? That is an, it's a weird concept to me of, like, especially me. Why do you lie about that emotion? Yeah. 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 Um, like when, like, I, I understand that there are some dudes out there that are dickholes that, like, you probably don't want to talk about your emotions with. I get it. But, like, even me, like, this person knows me. You're like, a dickhole cop, man. I'm not going to. No, this person knows me. Like, they know that I'm not going to be like, oh, you fucking pussy. You know, yeah. like, why don't you get the sand out of your vagina? Like, sometimes I say that. Builds character. To to, I mean, sometimes I say that, but I also say it jokingly with yeah. people. When they're truly in some sort of a crisis or feeling a certain way, I don't. Mm-hmm. But, like, when when I'm just being an asshole and, you know, maybe they're being a pussy on something, then I might say it. Because there are times, again, it's time to step up. You can't be in that victim mentality all the time. It's on us as men to figure out how to make everything work. End of story. That's all there is to it. That it is. Got to be so. the difference you want to see in the world. I think we got them all. We did. Yeah. That was actually, I thought there was a lot more questions than that. I hadn't looked at all of them. Um, let me make sure. Because one wasn't a question, one was a statement, so I didn't read it. Yeah, bye. Officer discretion. She just wants a shout out and the attention. What a bum. Uh, yeah, I think we got them all, man. Because we got Janine's question too. So, uh, I think that's it. We're gonna call her. All right, cool. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to the Higher Points podcast. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Be sure to share the podcast. Check us out at www.thehigherpoints.com on Facebook at the Higher Points Podcast and on Instagram at the higher points. Don't forget we're renting out the podcast studio. If you want to come in, make your own podcast or even get some ideas on equipment you should buy or anything like that. Just hit us up on the contact page on the website. We'll be happy to reach out to you. 
Appreciate you taking the time to be with us. We'll catch up with you guys next time. See you guys.